Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. Amen. What a powerful song. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Isn't that a good word for us today? When I trust you, I don't need to understand. God, we love you so much. Thank you for this opportunity where we can come together and worship in our homes, worship in your house. Father, we know that your Holy Spirit knows no time and knows no space. You are everywhere. And so, Father, as we lift our voices in worship, we know that your presence falls, you change us from the inside out. So, God, I pray today that your, your presence, your spirit would move today as we begin to look into your word see what you want to teach us today. Father, I pray that our hearts would be open to the message that you want to share with us today. Father, that you would be the teacher. Father, we know your Holy Spirit convicts. So right now, I pray that the Holy Spirit would move through the message, that your Holy Spirit would be the teacher, and that we would leave changed from the inside out today. New wine, new power in your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said... Amen. Online, if you are happy to be joining us on YouTube, would you give a hallelujah, praise the Lord, glad to be here. I want to invite you to do me a quick favor, real quick. I think this will take three seconds, and I think that we're going to see a lot of fruit from it. Would you please take the link right now, the YouTube live link, and share it to all of your social media platforms? Just, hey, tune in with me and my church. We are live today. Text your friends because I believe that the word that we're going to be talking about today is going to be a word that speaks directly to where we are in the season that we're in. And I believe that it's going to point you to Jesus, draw you closer to the presence of God. So let's share the message. And I believe that we're going to see some fruit from that. Thanks so much for joining us here at Pinewood Church. Glad to be here. My name is Parker Manuel. I pastor alongside my wife, Jess Manuel. And it is It is truly a privilege that we have the technology to be able to do this. We're back online, fam. We've been here before, and we're back again. And honestly, I'm excited about it. I believe that God can use technology and the internet to reach a lot of people. We we saw God do so much through our live online broadcast last time we were live and reaching different states and countries. So wherever you are right now, how about we do this? If you are not in Boulder, Colorado, let us know where you are. We will reach out to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, tonight, we're continuing our breakthrough series. We kicked it off last weekend with our Vision Sunday, and we're going to be continuing it today. Breakthrough is our theme for 2021. We want to see breakthrough. Not just breakthrough as in we want to see growth, although we do want to see that. We want to see breakthrough on the inside out. So today's message is exactly what I'm going to be talking about. I want to lean into the presence of God. I believe that is what we need in this season more now than we ever have in our lives. Not the answer to a solution, not a new idea. We need more and more of the presence of God in worship, in the word, when we're surrounded by people that are going to speak truth over their lives. We want to lean in to the presence of God. There's a character in the Bible, one of my favorites. His name is Joseph. And as I began to think through this idea of breakthrough, I couldn't help but think of this season that we're in as well and think, we are in a season where 
every single person that is tuning in today is experiencing a very unique and a very specific form of disaster on your life. We just are. Like, can we admit that today? Like, there is some form of just tragedy hitting us today. Maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe it's a financial hardship that you're dealing with. Maybe it is a family dysfunction. Maybe you're feeling suffocated. Maybe you're just tired. And we all want to see breakthrough. And as I thought of all these situations, I thought, there's actually somebody in the Bible who experienced all of these things. And in every single one of these situations, what we see is that he remained faithful to God. And, and what we see is as he remained faithful to God, we see that God also never left his side. That in every disaster, that in every tragedy, in every situation where he hoped it looked one way and it would in turn looking a different way, guess what? God never left him. God's plan was perfect the whole time. And I believe that today what would be really important for us is to have a perspective shift. I feel like we're down in the dirt. I feel like we're all experiencing something that is affecting our lives that what if for just a minute we could have a perspective shift? Maybe we elevate our perspective to just see maybe, maybe God is moving in my life in a unique way. Maybe God, maybe God really does have a plan that I can't currently see. Maybe he is almighty. Maybe, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, maybe even in this moment that I'm in a lot of pain or a lot of isolation or a lot of hurt, just maybe God is with me. And if he is with me, then today you can have breakthrough. What if I were to ask you, what is the number one battle you are facing right now? what would you say? Actually, you can talk back to me because you can put it in the comment section. So tell me right now, in the comment, it's okay to be real, vulnerable, let's just go there. What is a battle you are currently facing right now? I would imagine that if I would have polled you uh, earlier in the week and asked you this, many of the things that we battle is our loved ones with uh, getting sick with COVID. I, I found out that 10 pastor friends of mine have COVID right now. So we're praying for them and the challenge that their family is facing. I would ask you, you uh, what the, where your battle was, and you probably would have told me that you have a business. You're trying to take care of your employees and, and your family during this time. And I think one of the things that our minds quickly go to whenever we think of this idea of what battle are you currently facing is what is something in front of me that I am currently facing? What is something that is on me that I'm currently facing? What are some things that are around me that I'm going through? Isn't that the first thing that we think of when we think of what battle are you currently facing? But I think that the greatest battle is not in front of you. The greatest battle you're facing is the one inside of you. The greatest battle I'm facing is the one inside of me. I was on a call with some pastors, and they asked that question is, what is the greatest challenge you're facing? And thankfully, one of the pastors said, me. Everybody was like, whoa, I didn't know he said it. And he said, well, explain. He's like, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm selfish. I'm, I'm angry. And the greatest battle is me on the inside. How many of you would 
be honest with me for just a second and say, I, I think you're right. I think the greatest battle is what's going on on the inside. And here's the thing. If, if your greatest battle is only on the outside, then wouldn't it make sense that you would need something on the outside to change so that your circumstance would then be better? So you're waiting for a breakthrough from the battle that you're currently in. You need a fire message so that you can have a better day, so that you can experience breakthrough. You need an hour-long worship and prayer session so you can experience breakthrough because I need something from the outside to take care of the battle that's on the outside. But what if the battle that's on the inside, what if we lean into the presence of God and realize that God is meeting us in our greatest battle already on the inside and that you can experience breakthrough on your walk to work? Or you can experience breakthrough whenever you're driving in your car and you can experience breakthrough in the bathroom, amen? Come on, we need some breakthrough in the bathroom. But the presence of God is never going to leave you. Therefore, we can have breakthrough anytime, anywhere, at any moment, for anything, because he's the creator of the universe. I think he can handle the battle that's going on on the inside of you. And we see there's no better, in, no, no better story, I believe, than the story of Joseph. So if you have your Bibles, if you don't, download the YouVersion app, and let's turn to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39, and we're going to read just a couple verses real quick, but then what I want us to do is, I want us to actually skim through a couple chapters today as we unpack this story of Joseph. Genesis 39, let's look at verses 21, and let's move on down to 23. It says this, but the Lord was with Joseph, everybody say with Joseph, (laughs) and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority. And he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. Everybody say, the Lord was with him. And the Lord made everything that he did successful. First thing that I want us to look at in Joseph's life was that he was tormented in the pit. Hey, that sounds terrible. I can imagine that it was. Joseph was tormented in the pit. In chapter 37, you mind handing me a water, my love? In chapter 37, we see that Joseph's father, Jacob, had 12 sons. And Joseph was his favorite because Joseph was born when Jacob was really old. Joseph was really old. He had his 12th son, Joseph, and he favored him. So much so that he made him what's referred to, as we see in Scripture, as the coat of many colors. He made him this extravagant, long, colorful robe in honor of my favorite son. Doesn't that sound like a little bit of dysfunction in your family? Does anybody have brothers and sisters? All right. Do you already know who the favorite is? I mean, is that, can we, we already know who the, the baby's the favorite, all right? It's just, this is is true then, 2,000 years ago, it's true today. The baby is the favorite. But this is very exposed. The father was not only, we not only knew, but he was flaunting it in front of his other brothers, and his brothers hated him for it. To make 
matters even worse, Joseph had two dreams. You can read about them in Genesis 37. In both of those dreams, his brothers are bowing down to him. In one of those dreams, his mom and dad are bowing down to him. Now, it wouldn't have been so bad had he kept this fantastic dream to himself. But with very little tact, and I would say terrible discernment, Joseph brags about this dream to all of his brothers. You're going to bow down to me one day. Yeah, mom and dad, by the way, you're going to bow down to me too. How hard would you beat your brother up if he said that to you? I mean, just like, let's not overly like read this story like real time. Like if my brother said, I'm going to bow down to you, I'm like, actually, I'm going to make you bow down to me right now. I'm going to beat you down to me right now. I mean, I remember uh, chasing my brother around with a fire poker stick, steel stick, because he beat me in a game of cards. Now, granted, nobody was injured in that instance. He made it to the room before I could get to him. But the story apparently lives on that I tried to kill my brother over a game of cards, which is kind of true. But what ended up happening with Joseph, he, uh, his father sent him to go check on his brothers. And when he went to go check on his brothers, his brothers conspired to kill him. So, I mean, this got funny to serious real quick. I mean, this is like, they hate this brother so much so that they wanted to kill him. You can read in Genesis chapter 41 that whenever they took him and they actually threw him in a pit, that Joseph was begging for his life. So this isn't a casual, we're going to play a game on my brother. No, they wanted to kill him. Had it not been for one of their brothers, they would have ultimately killed their brother over their hatred for him. So here we have Joseph, tormented in a pit, in a dysfunctional family, fearing for his life. I was thinking about this situation, and sure, I mean, I think there were many instances where maybe Joseph put this on himself. You ever felt that before? You're like, I'm in a pit, but I kind of did it to myself. Like, I made some, maybe some bad discernment, some bad bad decisions that kind of put me in this pit. Um, But I think that there's many of us here that say, actually, I'm in a pit, but I, I don't know that I necessarily caused the situation for me to be here, but, but just, to, just to put it into perspective for you personally, do you feel like you're in a pit today? I would say the answer is yes, in some way, shape, or form. I, I'm in a pit. Maybe going through some financial hardships, maybe it is relational. Maybe you do feel isolated and alone. The pit's a perfect place for isolation. And you're wondering, God, where are you at? You see, God doesn't leave you in the pit alone. I actually think that the pit is a perfect place to experience breakthrough. See, breakthrough doesn't happen, typically doesn't happen on the mountaintops. It happens in the valleys. When you're the most vulnerable the most open, most welcome to be shaped when you're desperate for the presence of God. Isn't that typically when breakthrough happens? Breakthrough doesn't happen in moments of favor. Joseph is, see, I'm the favorite. No, it happens in moments of failure. And this is where many of us find ourselves here today. And I want to ask, what if, what if, 
the season that you're in right now, this moment in time, what if it is not as much of an interruption but a disruption to bring you to a higher perspective to say, what if maybe I was banking too much on the circumstances around me to make me happy instead of leaning into the presence of God to satisfy every desire of my soul? This torment in the pit. The second thing that I want us to see is that um, he would be later, as we see, sold into slavery. His brothers sold him in a, a caravan, came by the pit, and they said, well, we're not going to kill him, so maybe we'll sell him into slavery. And so they sold him into slavery for 20 pieces of silver, 20 shekels of silver. So here you have Joseph in a pit, sold into slavery. He goes into slavery, and he's sold to a man named Potiphar, who's the captain of the guards. And Joseph remains faithful to God through all of this, and he works hard, and he gains favor with Potiphar, and so much trust and so much favor that he puts him in charge of everyone. So here you have Joseph in a palace. He goes from the pit to the palace. In Genesis 39, we see that Joseph was tempted in the palace. So you think, okay, things are getting better for Joseph. First, he's in a dysfunctional family. He wanted to kill him. Then he almost died. Then he was sold in sla- years and years of slavery. But now there's a turn for the better. Here you, let's go, Joseph. See, God's favor was on you. There's a turn of events. But what happened was Joseph was walking around. Scripture actually says, if you read in Genesis 39, that he was well-built and good-looking. So here you, Joseph, you have Ryan Goslin here in the Bible just walking around. Or, or I don't know if he's good-looking or maybe Brad Pitt. I don't know. Whoever you think is a good, well, Captain America, okay, walking around the room. And Potiphar's wife sees him and and tries to trap him in and get him to commit adultery with her. And she tries for days and for days to no avail because he says that I want to remain faithful to Potiphar and I want to remain sinless before God. He, he wants to remain faithful to God. So he denies, he denies, he denies. But one day he finds himself alone with Potiphar's wife. Let's take a pause right here. Men, don't find yourself alone with a married woman, Okay. Don't. Moving on. She grabs his coat, and what does he do? He takes off running. So there's a temptation here. Now, granted, I'm just saying, Potiphar's wife, she, she may have been pretty good looking herself. I'm just saying. She's like Captain Lagar's wife. Like, there was a, tempt- a real temptation there that Joseph could have leaned in and said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. But he had a conviction of character and faithfulness over his life. He said, no, it's actually the, uh, the presence of God to me and the faithfulness to God means more than this temporary satisfaction. So he remained faithful. What do you do when you're tempted? I think so many of us, and you're like, why aren't we talking about temptation? Because we're in the middle of a pandemic. If you haven't been feeling temptation, you're maybe not alive. <laughs> Can we be real for a second? You are being tempted. What are you doing when you are tempted? I think that many of us do one of two things. We either rationalize or criticize. What do you mean? We either rationalize and say the temptation is not that big of a deal. It's just one conversation. It's just one text message. It's just one scroll through the internet or through social media. What's the big deal? Of all the sins I could be, I could be killing somebody right now. Instead, I'm just lusting. Instead, I'm just committing adultery. 
So you rationalize your sin and your temptation and therefore ignoring the call of God in your life and the faithfulness towards God. Second thing we like to do is we like to criticize. Well, had they not pursued me, I would have never pursued them. So this is on them. You like to criticize others, make it other people's problem. You like to cast the blame on everybody else. Had this thing not happened in my life, maybe I never would have fallen into this situation. Maybe I would have never fallen into sin. But I think we can learn a lot from Joseph. He didn't rationalize. He didn't criticize. He actually didn't take enough time to do anything but run. Run from temptation. Flee from temptation. Just get out. Leave your jacket. She grabbed his jacket. He left his jacket. Leave your house. Leave your computer. If you're being tempted at a coffee shop, leave your computer. Run, flee, get out. Flee from the temptation. Somebody's texting you, throw your phone. I don't know what that would mean. I don't know. I don't know if that like, makes sense for us in our time. But maybe, whatever the case is, just get out. To block that contact from your phone. Flee. So he was falsely accused and and Potiphar's husband, obviously, is going to believe his wife. And so he believes his wife that he, she said that he came and he raped me and he attacked me. And now, now he, he you can't trust him anymore, Potiphar. And so Potiphar trusts his wife and he throws him in prison. And they're like, oh my gosh, here we go again. He goes from being the favorite and having favor to now he's in the pit. But now he's, he goes from being the favorite and having favor with Potiphar to now he is in prison. Joseph can't catch a break. I can't catch a break. The minute that something good starts happening to me, something else happens. God's with me one minute, and then he turns his back on me the next. How can you trust a God who's with you one minute and not with you the next? For you one minute and not for you the next. Guess what? That is a lie that the enemy wants you to believe. God is always for you. He's always with you. He never left you. And he has a plan for your life. You're like, how, how do you know that? Because I know the God of this Bible. That all the while, that through the good times, through the bad times, through the times of favor and failure, mountaintop and valley, Scripture says throughout the entire story of Joseph's life that he was with him. He never left him that he had a plan and a purpose for his life. But can't you imagine that it was hard for him to feel a plan and a purpose whenever he's in a pit, when he's in prison? Well, let's, let's look further in the story. Surely, surely things begin to turn around for Joseph. Verse chapter 40 of Genesis, he was tested in prison. Joseph gained favor in prison. Don't you see, do you see a correlation here that when you seek the presence of God, it tends to gain you favor? He had the favor of God on his life, so much so that in chapter 39, 23, it said, the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. He was tested in prison. So much so, we're going to talk about this next week, but so much so that God had called him to tell of these dreams and 
We'll talk about it next week, long story short, but the people that he thought he could trust turned his back on him. So now, who can he trust? He can't trust his family, can't trust his boss, can't trust his employers, can't trust his friends, can't trust employers, anybody around him. And it makes me think, like, that has to be how many of us feel. Who can I even turn to right now? Who can I trust? As we see from Joseph's life, Joseph remained faithful in every season. He remained faithful in his character as well in every season, and he pursued the presence of God. So obviously there was one person that Joseph thought that he could trust no matter what. It was God. And what you'll see is that Throughout every experience, if you look at the thread of Joseph's story, that God was actually working about breakthrough in every season. If you know the story, you'll actually see that God raises Joseph up, so much so that he rescues an entire nation. He rescues a people and a family that the line of the Messiah would flow from, and, and he would change the course of the world through his life, but you see, the end of the story is not the breakthrough. The breakthrough happened in the pit. The breakthrough happened in the palace. The breakthrough happened in prison, in the dark valleys of doubt and fear and wondering where God is. That's where the breakthrough happened. So you're saying, I need a breakthrough. What if the breakthrough is not in your circumstances, but the presence of God? In the pit, in the palace, in prison, Joseph trusted in God, and he showed extraordinary character in the face of many trials and temptations. You see, God was preparing him for something so much greater than he could have ever imagined. You think, but, you know, if Joseph would have just worked it all out in his own power. I'm sure he would have done great things. I'm sure he had exceptional ability. He was good looking. But see, what happens whenever we let go and we open up our hands and say, God, I don't want to be in control. I don't think I'm that good. I actually want to open my hands and I want to surrender everything to you. What God does is God takes you further, takes you farther, and he does things in your life more than you could have ever dreamed possible. Through our faithfulness, God is able to work, and his breakthrough is revealed. I believe that in this season, yes, God's going to get us through this, that I believe God has big things. For Pinewood, I think he's doing big things right now. That's what I'm trying to say going to be big things, bigger things even revealed that we don't even know of. But what if in this season, we have a BYOB season? Bring your own breakthrough to the table in this season. What if in this season, God wants to bring breakthrough in your life personally before it is revealed publicly? I believe that's the season God's calling this church to that there's some breakthrough in our lives that we need to be discovered in the pit in our darkest hour, in our moments of depression, in our moments of our greatest fear to say, God, what are you trying to teach me? 
You're preparing me for something I already know. I trust that your plan is good. Don't you know that God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose? So we know this to be true. So God, in this season, what, what are you working on me on the inside? We're going to have a song in response, and that's the prayer I want you to pray. God, I don't want to miss it. I know you're with me. I know you're here. I want to lean into your presence, Father, above everything else. Father, we ask that right now you would meet us where we are. In our frustration because we can't be together again, in our doubt or our frustration with our work, our fear of our finances, our our anger towards dysfunction in our relationships, meet us right there and say, what are you trying to teach me? I know on the other side, you're calling me to something great, Father, but I don't want to miss this moment because I know in this moment you're preparing me for something. You're teaching me something about you, about myself, and I just don't want to miss a second of your presence. So God, we lean into your presence, not today, but we lean into your presence every day with our whole lives as a sacrificial offering saying, Father, we don't know what's best, but you do. God, we love you so much. Thankful. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.